Welcome to Ready for Mistakes, a contemporary photography podcast where I talk with young and established photographers about their work, theories and philosophies, and more. I'm your host, Jeff Smoody, a graduate from Illinois State University in the Studio Art Photography program, and I'm also a working photojournalist. Welcome to the Ready for Mistakes podcast. This is the very first actual episode of the podcast. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to episode zero, which is the introduction episode, uh, basically what a rundown of that was is talking about what this podcast is and who I am. So I am Jeffrey Smoody. I'm a photographer based in central Illinois, and this podcast is dedicated to speaking with young and established photographers about their work, their theories, philosophies, all that jazz, all the behind the scenes of what goes into their work um, related to photography and not necessarily about photography. So I'm your host, Jeffrey Smoody. I'm a graduate from Illinois State University. Uh, and today I have a pretty cool guest in. Um, I kind of was already thinking about having her as my first guest, but I decided that, well, we both kind of decided this was going to be the case anyway. This is Isabella Batko. She is a photographer working primarily in editorial portraiture kind of stuff, as well as contemporary self-portraiture and such, conceptual self-portraiture. Uh, a, lot, a lot of pictures of people kind of stuff, but she also does a lot of experimental, um, experimental work as well outside of the portrait work. Uh, she works up in Chicago and has been doing that thing for a few months now and uh, she also studied alongside me in Illinois State University in the photography program, so that's where we met, and that's where we worked together on projects and all that jazz. So without much else to say there, I would like to introduce Isabella Batko. How's it going, nerd? Well, it was very hard for me to not talk the entire time, so I did it. I'm very proud of myself. I'm very proud of you. Um, in a shorter term, what I finally come up with was what kind of photographer I am. Um Shorter than what you did right there, I would probably say a narrative photographer because yeah. all my work kind of revolves around narrative and inflicting narrative if it doesn't have it. Um, so there's a shorter term of what you just said yeah. in 30 seconds. That's a, it's a pretty hard question to answer, even to describe. Like whenever you ask a, an artist, like, so what do you do? And it's like, <laughs> oh, no. That's really funny you say that, though, because I had... Um, oh, no. I had a friend uh, contact me uh, the other day, and he asked me if I take commissions. And instantly I asked, well, what did you have in mind? Because in my brain, I'm like, okay, well, do you want me to paint you a mural? Do you want me to design you a tattoo? Do you want me to take your headshots? Do you, like, I don't <laughs> know what that means. What kind of commission? So... Um, yeah, it turned out to be photography for that one, but I do do a lot. Yeah, I think it kind of falls into like what your social master status is as of right now, and most people likely associate you with photography. But yeah, you know. I mean, I've been doing it the longest. It's almost been a decade, and um, it's your degree too. So that that for one, but I mean, I've been doing it for a lot longer. I started back in two thousand ten, and. Um, then I started high school and I became the head photographer for yearbook for most of my high school times. And um, that just kind of led into stepping higher and higher in the interest level and 
uh, developing on what I wanted to do, which um, your book is what got me into people because I kind of had to take pictures of people. So then I got into more stylized shoots of that kind, of that nature. Met a lot of people, have introduced me to a lot of people, and I've learned that networking is probably the best thing about this industry um because that's kind of how i climbed my ladder so far it's just you know you just know people and you experiment and you work together and you have a good time you build connections and i think that's what's more most important and something to really appreciate about the industry we're in yeah so like it's kind of safe to assume that your high school yearbook photography days definitely still has an influence on you to this day oh definitely Certainly. And my teacher, my first official photography teacher outside of my dad teaching me, um, she will forever be someone that I'm thankful for because she opened my eyes to how I can speak my truth using a visual format. Um, And that started with photography. Allison Caswick, who went by Allison Hudak at the time, um, and she got married, a wonderful man. Haven't spoken to her in far too long. I'd really love to reach out eventually, but she was uh, the first person to really kickstart it. Yeah, I definitely understand that because, I mean, my, my high school photography teachers, um, I, I'll i be honest, I didn't connect with them the same way that I connected with our teachers at ISU, especially Bill and Jen. I didn't get to study with Jason long enough to really, uh, to really get to know him in a collegiate professional level and on a personal level like we did with Bill and Jen but you know like having that kind of personal connection with a photo instructor I think is just really important especially as a uh, art majors I think that's something that a lot of art art majors kind of neglect to do is to like actually get tight with their professors yeah I agree and I feel like you get a completely different perspective because Um, I mean, we've been lucky enough where our instructors have had um, the ability to actually speak with us on a a one-on-one basis instead of treating it as just a class and then leaving. So I think we're just also very privileged that we got that experience and the people that we ended up having teach us, being uh, Bill O'Donnell and Jin Lee. Um, they're just kind of incredible people to like. Yeah, honestly. So it's like incomparable, to be honest. I mean, I may be a little biased, but, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> I think that's definitely something that we can be thankful for that maybe some others don't get a chance to experience. Yeah, and like Bill and Jen have taught both of us a lot of really important lessons in both of our photography careers. And I use the term career loosely. Um, just because for both of us, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word career for something that's entirely subjective and focused on like, this is what we're passionate about kind of deal. But yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess for you, it's different though, because um, you use photography in your base. I guess I do too, but like, I don't know. <laughs> See that, that's, that's kind of why I feel like it's hard. It's hard to use the word. It's not wrong. To, it's just hard yeah. to use the word. I guess so, but your work is entirely focused on photography. So, and my new job that I just started, being a social media manager for a printing company, I mean, I I am taking all the photos and I'm doing all the posts and everything. So I guess in that sense... It's not like you're like... It's not your job title, but it's part of your job duties. Yeah. 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 And that's similar to what uh, one of our other colleagues, Bree Khalil, 
who will eventually be on the podcast as well. Um, I think her current job is the same way where it's not a photography job, but she does like some kind of marketing shenanigans there. Yeah. Um, but uh, kind of touching back on uh, our wonderful times with uh, Bill and Jen. So both both Bella and I were teaching assistants to both of these wonderful teachers. Um, so I was teaching assistant to Jen Lee. Bella here was teaching assistant to Bill O'Donnell, who recently retired. So Bella, I want you to tell me kind of like what was your, uh, I guess you could say, what's your biggest takeaway that you had from the teaching assistantship that you had? Uh, okay, well, or one, honestly, one of or a few, whatever. I don't, I think my, the best part for me was feeling entirely uh, comfortable around Bill and being very vulnerable and willing to make mistakes. Look at that, ready for mistakes. <laughs> um, but um, I think he just taught me a kind of new perspective on photography and I started taking it a lot more seriously with him around um, at such a close um, angle, I guess. And um, You're typically at a 45 degree angle from him. <sighs> So I'm a Q, <laughs> which I, I agree with. <laughs> you know, it had to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but in all seriousness, um, I think he just taught me a lot on how to see the world in a different set of eyes and to almost use empathy as a tool instead of something I see as vulnerability in myself. Um, yeah. I don't know. I could definitely go on, but I think in short that he just definitely showed me a different way of viewing. Yeah. And I don't know if this was entirely the same. I think it might have been similar for your class as it was mine. But, you know, there's always students that are not, you know, they're clearly just kind of there. They're not really doing a whole lot. They're kind of just coasting. A few but, names come to mind. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll keep it at just... Um, names that <laughs> uh but then there's also those students that that may or may not be photo majors but you have those students that just really get it and they're really making progress and they're really understanding what's going on like i have a couple students or had a couple students that were like that and i yeah when you're talking about it, i'm thinking of a few people that i had under my wing as teaching assistant too and I don't know, it's kind of, I think that's another thing, though, being the teaching assistant kind of really pushed me into the thought, like, yeah, I never considered grad school before this. And now I'm like, I kind of want to do this thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it really did teach me to um, not only, how, like, I always knew in the back of my head that I wanted to be a photo professor at some point, And for a while, it was very hard. It still is hard for me to, like, structure a proper lesson. Like, I gave my guest speak my guest presentation and Jason Roblando's class uh, about a week from tomorrow, uh, a, a week oh, before yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to say, go. what? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I felt good about it, but I also felt like there were some bits that I just either went too far on or some bits I didn't give enough detail on. And it's one of those learning things and, like, teaching assistantship and doing these presentations is one one of the many ways to really improve like your teaching abilities before getting a master's and all that. I mean, trial and error. That's yeah, exactly. my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> we all know I err before I <laughs> before I do well. Yeah. So. Um, and I think uh, for both of us in our in our final semesters when we were doing our teaching assistantship and all that, we were 
we were both juggling a lot in our in our photo studies. Yeah. Uh, and I think I remember at that time you were kind of starting to get over what seemed to be a slump in your photography. So yeah, kinda, I think it's just because I had more time on my hands at that point. I uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't have anyone around to otherwise, I don't know, kind of go to. So I had myself and a lot of free time. Well, when I say a lot of free time, I mean <laughs> filling my f- only free time <laughs> with um, working and whether that means shooting or developing ideas or like really drawing out meaning and like forming a proper artist statement and just kind of working with that, <sighs> trying to compile my CV, uh, juggling a few things at, at the time. And, and I don't know. And I think a lot too comes from the fact that I use my work to kind of reveal what I'm feeling without having to say it. Cause as open as I am as a person, I when I'm like really, really down, I kind of quiet down. Um, and I don't really like to talk too in detail about what's going on or why I'm upset or anything, whether that means I understand it or I just don't want to talk about it. I use my work to say that for me. And within that, I slowly start to open up and kind of reveal the hidden messages in my photos and why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. It's a form of therapy when I can't afford it. (laughs) I think uh, a lot of artists, uh, regardless of medium, will uh, do that exact same thing. Like for me, I I like to bring up the example of um, the sad 20-something projects. Okay, I feel like I should patent that because I think that I may have started it. Oh, jeez. On a background <laughs> level here, bringing Bill O'Donnell back into the picture. Uh, at a point, I could definitely see this. At a point in a teaching career, you're going to see a bunch of just sad 20-something-year-olds making the kind of nearly same work. And I am one of those people that created that work. And I, that, I was too, believe it or oh not. Oh, boy. Like, it's just so cheesy. And, like, uh, I mean, there's a few things that I created that I really I really did like. But why would I title it? Anxiety. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know I what I mean? I can't tell you how many projects I've seen titled Depression. I know. Anxiety, and it's, like, not longing. to make fun of that. Because uh, I know it pretty freaking well. <laughs> Both of those are uh, dear friends of mine. But... It's just like, okay, that, in the words of Bill, I finished with it too quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I think that, I think there's a value in those because, like, for a lot of college students what, or even just college age, the 20-somethings, they, I think it's, it's one of those, like, coming-of-age style projects, and some artists will actually take that sad tone, that, sa- that sad... Uh, theme and all that and embrace it and really expand on it in different ways and make it more than just uh you know a sad 20 something titled anxiety (laughs) yeah now i basically create a somewhat sad 20 something year old not titled anxiety (laughs) but it's definitely a lot more developed a lot more thought goes into it um a lot more compositional 
thoughts. And the biggest thing for me that I changed is that I reshoot now when I have a concept and it's not quite there. I actually, who would have thought, go back and reshoot it and yeah. redo it. And like, that was just such not a thing for me. Sorry, but I don't think. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, the, and the style of work that you do, which is very, you know, com- like it's composed and like it's set up and everything. So you have that luxury of being able to actually do that like in in my work it's a lot harder to to reshoot things unless it's a location that i know will not be changing uh but otherwise it's very off the cuff kind of stuff for me like uh, that's what it's been lately um or like when i'm driving or when i'm in the car or on the train taking photos and i fly past something i i can't reshoot that very well but um but in your work it's a lot easier to do that yeah because you know just moody so fortress really well i mean that's some of my work then there's all of my other like client work which is completely different and um then there's the music work and like i don't know i just (laughs) i do a lot i know they say that you should narrow down like your interests into like a small category to not keep it confusing like all right you shoot couples now and all you do is shoot couples and that's fine perfectly fine but just for me i don't know i personally as a person as a person personally as a person um i get bored i need different things to stimulate me i think the the there's two groups of people that say shoot everything or shoot only a couple things and i think both in my opinion both are wrong okay i think i think there's a middle ground where it's you know it's uh this was one of the things i brought up in my uh my presentation last week that was find the areas plural of photography and art that you genuinely enjoy doing. So like for me, that's photojournalism, music, contemporary landscape, documentary style (laughs) birds that wind up in my photos somehow that I don't even plan on. Um, But like, like I find, I found my, uh, my handful of six, seven, maybe 10 different, areas of photography that I genuinely enjoy doing but I don't say oh I shoot everything because there's there's some benefit to that but at the same time it's a it's a subjective thing but no I mean I agree like there's a certain like a few families that I have and will agree to shoot but like usually if it's families I'm I'm sorry your kid's cute but I just don't care to try to calm them down you'd much rather shoot their lizards Thank you. Yeah, let me shoot your pets. That's that's a fun new thing for me now. I'm splitting up my uh, uh, my website into people, places, and projects. But then I had a thought: Do I put in pets? <laughs> it's fitting. maybe if you build up enough of a portfolio to show off. Yeah. Um, to kind of go since we're talking about like, excuse me, um, talking about your work a little bit more now. Um, the photo that I that's relevant to more recent work is actually the photo that I'm using for the the cover of this podcast, at least on Spotify and the Squarespace website and all that jazz. Um, it's a photo of you clutching a metal box, um, uh, perceived as as nude, but you're not, um, and like clutching this box underneath the table. Um, for those of you that are interested in it, you just look at the podcast cover. Um, it's that one. Uh, so that was from one of your more recent projects that's still going on. Can you tell me a little bit about that project? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Love Letters to Pain is uh, just uh, basically the therapeutic work that I kind of was talking about that 
turned all of my other pieces into more of a narrative thought process. Um, the photo that you're actually talking about, uh, specifically, um, I guess, well, throughout the whole series, I use nudity as a tool in sense of vulnerability, but I know that gets played out a lot and taken the wrong way. So every photo in this so far that is nude or is perceived as nude is not it tr I try to conceal as much of my body as humanly possible. Like, I don't want it to show. I want more so limbs than a whole f human body, you know, like, curves here and there, whatever. I... That photo is a difficult one because it... I don't know. It just, it, it kind of just like, the more I look at it, the more it kind of freaks me out because I can feel it. And the undying need to open the box that contains something, uh, a source of some kind, um, hence the light that I actually inserted in there. Wasn't that your phone? It was my roommate's phone. <laughs> oh, that's right, because you, yes. uh, you were using the Wi-Fi connect with your phone uh -huh. to control the camera. Which the my phone was, like, right in between my legs underneath the box to, <laughs> to control um, the shutter. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of, like, throughout the series, um, I have this kind of metamorphosis, or that's what I'm trying to attain, this kind of crawl toward serenity or peace or whatever it may be and that's why love letters to pain has its title because it's just using the pain as an advantage as in my artist statement i think i mentioned something along the lines of um pain is an immunity um it's like a vaccine to future pain and the more pain the more pain you attain oh, no, no. <laughs> um the stronger you get and the more you can fight off later on if it were to happen again or something similar to happen or were to happen. I don't know. I It's hard for me to put into words. I haven't talked about my work in a while also, so... Well, I think that actually kind of helps a little bit too since it's been a little bit since both of us have actually talked about our work or your work specifically or anything like that. I think that it kind of helps to kind of take some time off and... Describing your work months after the last time you described your work, I think is interesting because sometimes you kind of you kind of learn things about it while you're describing it. Yeah, that's true. Or like, I guess you like reveal a little more to yourself in which, again, it's all a learning tool. Like I try to approach everything in life as a tool for something else to happen. And I think that's why I've developed this positive outlook on life within the past like year and a half or so because i don't know it just, just why not like go ahead use this as something that could possibly benefit you or if you, i don't know i try to spin it off into a positive yeah and i think that's really a really good process to have and especially in like the style of work that you do or, or at least that you've done for this particular project um you know, it's like it's one of those things that I, I'm really excited to see how it's going to progress. And I know you've actually managed to shoot a couple other little things for it here and there. Um, I, I really like there's a couple of photos that come to mind for this project. Like there's the one of you holding the aquamarine stones. It's one of my favorites for this. Um, really? I didn't know what people liked that one. I didn't know if I liked that one. <laughs> I still don't. 
I don't know if I'm gonna use hands in the series. I don't know. If I'm it's one of those one of those things, you know. Uh, but like in, in general, like I enjoyed that photo. I enjoyed the idea that you might humor. I don't remember if you still are. Uh, like the the chapter bookends being the those kind of styled image uh, images of like close ups of hands or close ups of objects rather than the photos of yourself. Yeah, I guess I don't necessarily know exactly where this is gonna go, but um. Well, what Jeff's referring to is that um, in this series itself, Love Letters to Pain, I had planned and still do plan to develop sort of chapters of work. So it's uh, kind of progressive through the journey. So this chapter one, I really feel confident in saying is closed. And that's all of the other ones that are available to view on my website. And I'm sure Jeff will probably link them somehow, somewhere. And... Um, Within those, the nudity is a presence that I wanted there because the vulnerability part. But as the series progresses, I almost want to use clothing or lack thereof as that kind of caterpillar to butterfly thing. Not being like too literal about it and like dressing up in colors later on because mm. that's too cheesy. I don't yeah. like that at all. But like, I don't know, gray to black or like, yeah. Or black Even, to gray to white, like, okay, that kind of shows its own thing. I haven't planned out enough, but um, within and between the chapters, I had planned on using only hands rather than myself or people or um, whatever, and I think I probably will do that, especially because um, in passing today on the walk home, I told you about the one photo that I plan on yeah. um, taking um, that includes only the hand, not the full body, so probably, but we'll see. Yeah, and I think that it's one of those things, like another kind of Bill and Jin lesson that we had. This is a little bit of a, uh, an advertisement for Bill and Jin. Oh, like uh, like you're surprised. If yeah. they're listening to this, like they're surprised. Yeah, like they're supposed to listen to this. They are supposed to listen oh, to this. Oh, my goodness. Um, Give them a break. <laughs> they thought they got rid of us. Oh, they're not getting rid of us anytime soon. Um, now, you mentioned, uh, like, your planning and all that kind of stuff. I've personally seen glimpses into your photography and art planning book. Uh, could you kind of describe, like, what's going down in your head and, like... Yeah, you who have, knows? You have, <laughs> you have some semblance of a planning process, like every artist does, <laughs> and sometimes it's hard to describe, but you might be able to kind of go over it maybe so i think the best way to describe it is manic <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of all over the place um i do have a specific notebook that i now use it's a bigger notebook that i include several different ideas in and like different project thoughts but they're just thoughts and i just sketch out when i can um ideas of just how I want it, how I imagine the composition in my head. Sometimes it's inspired by a spot that I see, which sometimes I'll take a picture on my phone. I have this cute little uh, Polaroid printer um, that's just like, it's just zinc paper. So it's just like little tiny, um, like like two by three photos like that, yeah. um, that I will just Elmer's glue into my book because I have this thought of, hey, look, this is, um, this location I thought of, what are the thoughts that I had while looking at this? Sometimes I'll just write it down and it doesn't have a direction. Sometimes I have a title thought, like thought of a series of, Hey, this would be a cool title for a series. I don't know when I'm going to use it or if I'm going to use it, but I'm going to write it down or stuff along that line. So I will just write down scrambled thoughts. Um, sometimes I'll use them and I'll plan out the entire shoot completely. Other times 
I use the, bo- the book um, of ideas as something to inspire me when I'm lacking inspiration. So, again, a tool. Um, but, yeah, I just kind of sketch it out. I've always sketched to get my thoughts and feelings and boredoms across, and now I uh, kind of freak out when I don't have my notebook on me. I definitely understand. I have the same, same problem. Uh, what I'm currently doing right now is I am on a mission. You made a comment that Uh-oh. was uh, that made me think of a certain photographer, but I need to make sure that I find it. I, Jeff's going off again. Oh man, it was it was a book that was brought up by not only Willem Verbeek but also George Muncie. Uh, Willem Willem Verbeek also does a photography podcast very similar to this one. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, honestly, he, he he was one of the uh, one of the people that inspired this uh, this podcast idea. Um, Cute. But uh, George Muncy, also similar situation. Um, he does his uh, his stuff. Oh, where is it? I here we go. Um, it is a book. If it wants to load, there we go. Um, it's a book called Omaha Sketchbook by Gregory Halpern. It is literally designed like a like a uh, construction paper sketchbook. And it's made like the the contact prints. He uses medium format color positive film, or, or he just uses medium format color film, whichever version it is. And he uh, originally the original copy is those little contact prints uh, from the darkroom uh, pasted into this big sketchbook. And it was him kind of like working on this project. As far as I'm aware, I'm not going to speak too surely on that. But uh, when he finished this sketchbook idea, he submitted submitted it to whichever the publisher is, and they made this book nearly identical to it. Uh, the The prints in the book feel like the actual contact paper from the darkroom, and it actually looks like they're pasted in there. There's little things like little stains from ink and water damage and all that kind of... It's such a beautifully made book. It's one that I desperately want to get. That's really um, cool. I scrolling through this um, publisher's Mac. Mac, yes, they're fantastic books. Uh, they uh, republished Alex Soth's book because I'm a huge fan of Alex Soth. Um, this looks really great, yeah. and I love that it's just kind of like a minimalist scratchbook. Yeah, it, it really is. Just it's such a cool idea and design. Um, it was published this year, so it's pretty new, um, and it's gotten some very positive responses. Um, so that was, uh, you just made that comment about like taking your Polaroids and pasting them in and like, yeah, someone basically made a whole book about this. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that looks really nice. It's such a, such a cool idea. Um, yeah, I have it right here. I can show you. It's very new, but like basically, um, actually I think it starts off with our, uh, goofy one. (laughs) Oh no. Good morning, Um, Julia. Good morning, Julia. Uh, if you guys haven't seen the the YouTube clip, Good Morning Julia, I highly recommend it. It's a fan, uh, fan fave here. Uh, we don't really need to go into it because yeah. we are going to go off. But it, it's like, a long term project. It's worth it. It's it's um, it's a it's a collaboration between me, Bella, and our friend Shelby Peshik. Uh, it's it's going to be incredible. It's going to be it's going to be. I'm a real fan of this one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but basically I just like some of them are just like thoughts of like, hey, this is kind of like 
Okay, a photo series I want to do that's inspired by this. Um, here's some, like, Halloween ideas, some sketches, some pinup girls I would be inspired by. There's, like, oh, look how much it would cost to rent a camera or uh, any equipment or lenses or whatever. Here's a quote from a song or something that I heard. A sketch that's, like, super, super obnoxious and who knows what it is. But I don't know. I just kind of, like, throw it all together. And this is a new one, so I started an official bigger... One, because I realized that my, like, tiny, tiny, like, three by four moleskin was just really not cutting in. We're running out of pages there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so we got a nicer yeah, that, that was something that, uh, that one of the first things that Bill told me in my photo two class many moons ago, uh, he told all of my classmates that you guys should get a notebook, um, use it for class. You lose it. Use it for uh, basically anything. When you do a reading, write down your notes in there, and uh, anything that's related to class and photography and all that. And that was something that I was one of the few students that actually did that in my class. Um, me, Carly Gray, and a couple others actually had a dedicated notebook that we still to this day consistently use for these things. I'm on my second one. Bella, you're on your like third one or something. Yeah, but I'm kind of also like. If I may, a stationary whore. <laughs> I have I mean. <laughs> so many empty notebooks. It's unreal. Every time I go on TJ Maxx and I see a cute little notebook, like a leather strap on sale, I'm like, this is mine now. <laughs> so if you guys ever need to get uh, a new notebook or you're interested in trying this out and you know Bella personally, um, just come to her apartment and Honestly, steal Honestly, I'll one. give you one. Just let me know. And <laughs> well, I, I was, saying, I'll give I was you uh, one. encouraging theft, but I like yours version I, better. I prefer for people not to theft me. <laughs> 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 I like just recently when I was uh, or at the diner that I work at, my coworkers and I, uh, had this ended up having this conversation uh, about how we need a notebook at the diner for out of context quotes and things or random things that we just you know. I, I it's feel just like a lot of like funny quotes. groups of people and like just need to have some kind of documentation of those kind of comments because they're just like unreal and it'll bring back crazy memories. My roommates sophomore year of college and I did this too, but anyhow. I just brought in a random notebook. It was one of like, it was like a little one and I didn't think much of it. And I brought it in and they were like, wow, are you sure you want to use this? Like this, this is like a gold imprint on it. Like this and that, like it's all decorative. I'm like, yes, please, please take it out of my hands I because I have so many. <laughs> so yeah. Um, stationary horse have a few notebooks do fill up a good amount of them but i try to keep organized and i don't like to have i like to have assigned journals and notebooks for things yeah i mean i think that's important just uh i think that's one thing that's i, I hope it's kind of starting to be more popular among our generation uh of you know, like, we know, like, the resurgence of vinyl and stuff like that. We're, like, physical objects for whether it's art or whatever. Like, f things are becoming more physical uh, for our generation, I think. I think we're just getting tired of all the technology. Honestly, yeah, probably. I, I mean, we, uh, we've experienced that feeling in our uh, printing lab at ISU where we would be in there for hours on end. And when I went to go visit ISU last weekend or last, last Monday, I, I told one of the newer photo students because the other ones had already been there too long. Um, 
Like, don't let this room suck you in. Yeah, but also, do I loved it. 39 was my favorite room, even though I was almost coughing. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing is like, do your work, let, uh, let, let it allow you to do your work, and then just don't let you, don't, don't let it be too much. All right. Uh, we're going to have to take a real quick break here. We'll be back in just a moment, uh, so we'll catch you in just a second. And we back, uh, just had a quick little break there. Uh, so the last thing that we were talking about there for a second, which you guys heard like 12 seconds ago, if not less, was not letting our, uh, our student friends uh, not get sucked into the, to the old print shop, the old print room. The print shop. <laughs> the print, that's what, it is, it is a print shop now. They completely changed the. I don't want to process. talk about that. I don't want this to be negative. Yeah, let's let's not talk about that. Um, but there's been some mild changes that are still changing in the ISU photo program. It's 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 in its early stages, and some students are a little bit confused by it, rightfully so, as are the professors. But, um, okay. So I want to get into a different kind of topic. Something that I know you really want to talk about Do is. I? Um, the the fact that you don't only do photography, like you also do um, illustration, you do uh, painting is another thing you do and stuff like that. You've done a handful of sculptures, like there's a couple of your sculptures laying around this room. Um, but the biggest thing, quite literally and figuratively, that you've done, to my knowledge, is uh, the mural that's in downtown Bloomington's Fat Jacks, which our friend Shelby bartends at. Give a shout out to her. and Give her a tip, not give, a shout out. Give her out. a tip and a shout out. Yeah. She's a great person and a great But also, while you're there, you can visit my mural. <laughs> yeah, you know. I've had some friends of mine take some pictures by it. Um, but yeah, tell me about, like, how that came to be and, like, basically just run me through, like, how exactly that happened. Because there's still some things that I don't really know about for this. Yeah, I guess, um, well, this is where networking comes to play again um, and why I think it's so important because it was just... Um, one of my good friends who I met earlier on in my college days, Maggie, she had worked for, and she still works for Red Bull, and she uh, contacted me and said, you know, like, you are, like, the artist that I'm closest with, like, I love your work, would you be willing to do this thing? And, um, you know, I asked for more uh, information, more details, and what it was is, that FatJax, the bar, had some kind of agreement with Red Bull that they were going to pay for a mural at said bar. Um, and they told me they wanted angel wings that you stand in front of and you take pictures of because that's becoming a popular thing. I think it started in Tennessee. And so I said, sure, all right. I contacted a good friend, um, Amanda Wagon, because she had done murals before, and I kind of asked her to help me quote it figure it out. Everything got approved and I got in contact with the owner of the bar and run down the ideas. And basically I kind of told him, um, I'd love to do this for you, but I'm not just going to do regular angel wings. It's boring to me. I don't want to put my name on that. Um, so I said, give me a list of things that are important to your bar and I'm going to somehow wiggle them in there. And it came down to, the beautiful room 39 um lots of hours there of i printed out the wings in a really large format and i just started sketching with a sharpie just like scribbling all over it 
kind of liked it, kind of hated it. Ended up printing out two smaller versions of, uh, it was just like a wing template that I found, thought that I could work with really well. Turn the opacity almost all the way down. And then slowly one sketch turned into the next and then the last one molded together what ended up being. Um, made a little few subtle changes onto it, taped those on top, um, digitized it, and then projected it onto the wall at Fat Jack's after I was done painting the entire wall <laughs> black or like charcoal and um, chalked it on there and started painting. Took me three days, but um, I had the keys to the bar, which was kind of fun to say. <laughs> and I got free food and free uh, White Oak beers the entire time. Shout uh, out so. to White Oak Brewery in Bloomington. Uh, <laughs> they're absolutely incredible. Also, shout out to Fat Jacks for being so kind and considerate and feeding and whining, dining me. <laughs> while feeding I was, and whining and that Wait a minute. While I was whining. But um, no, I had a really good time. They have an incredible crew. Um, the owners are amazing. And I just, it was a great experience. I'm very happy that I got to do that, that that's in there now. And everyone who visits ISU and visits that bar or goes there regularly will see it and... I don't know it's really fun being tagged in photos from strangers that i don't know but my name is on the wall and they tagged me Pretty yeah cool. a couple of my fraternity brothers actually posted a a, a picture of the two of them uh with the wings and it was just so cool because that's the first time one of the first times i've seen um a couple of my friends outside of our like immediate friend group like um like seeing some of my fraternity brothers doing that is like really cool because like uh just telling them, like, yeah, my best friend made those wings, and I got to experience the stress and the joy <laughs> of the whole process. And the sweat. And uh, I didn't that experience the sweat. Well, you saw how much of a shit I got to I was, witness but, the sweat. Yeah, but but it was a good time overall. I had a great experience, and um, I can also say that Red Bull paid me to <laughs> paint a mural yeah. in one of the biggest bars in downtown Bloomington, the one that's known for its murals. So it has. It's just loaded <laughs> with such cool paintings all around and there's a couple other like bloomington Oval has some really cool just murals in and outside of buildings um the the city that i live in now has the same situation like central illinois has this really really cool artist community um especially for murals and all that and like chicago of course has murals like every turn uh, but I, I love seeing how the, the smaller cities, uh, like two hours south of Chicago, are doing the same kind of thing, but in a different way and in, in involving artists that were like based there and such. Yeah, that's nice. I'm, I'm very grateful for my opportunity. Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, I wish I could make this more of like a proper segue, but um, sometimes it's not possible. You recently uh, went to Poland for the first time in like 13 years. From Bloomington to Poland. Yeah, you flew from, uh, well, you flew from Chicago, right? All the way out to, uh, to Polish land. Polish land. Polish land. Um, I'm actually just not going to cut any of that. We're just going to leave. Oh, no. B-side, <laughs> here we go. Um, yeah, our next guest has a... Has some good comments about that. Uh -huh. um, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, so um, so with your uh, your painting and all that work that you've been doing, um, just kind of on the side of photography, um, like I don't know, has your family or any anyone like related to you also had the same kind of uh, 
uh, like connection with the artistic world or anything like that? Uh, truthfully, actually, no. Although my grandpa was a wall painter. <laughs> there you go. So you also I painted. Painted actually, that's funny though. When I was painting the mural, I, I definitely I had a thought about him, um, the wall painter that that ran in the family. But no, um, not really. It just kind of sparked. My mom's always had a creative bug in her, but she never carried it out like seriously. Um, I've always kind of done that. I've been sketching ever since I was little. Yeah. I feel like every every artist has like if you were to look at their old school notebooks and everything, you just see it loaded with doodles and such. If they're and like you can tell, this guy became an art major. Yeah, actually, it's pretty great because I recently found some old, old, old gems in Poland when I went to visit. Um, when I was like a little girl, I found all my drawings that I made my mom in school before we moved to America, and that was really the coolest thing. That's actually the thing I was looking most forward to. Yeah, so like you went to Poland. Uh, I almost said Polish land again. Um, <laughs> you went to Poland recently. Uh, like fl- you flew from Chicago all the way out there uh, and did your thing for a little while. I saw some of the photos that you sent me, and one of the ones you sent me is in the is going to be in the zine that I'm working on. So, and that's one of my favorite photos you've made recently too. So, tell me about like. You can tell me about, like, just the general experience of being in Poland for the first time in so many years, but also, like, how it... Do you think it affected your your artwork or photography work at all? I think, well, for one, it was incredible because since I hadn't been to Poland since I was 10 years old, I finally got to really re-meet a lot of my family in a way that I never got to meet them before because now we're grown adults and we can have actual conversations, get to know one another. But aside from that... It was really cool not having internet for the most part. I mean, I had my like little setup where I could connect to the next door neighbors just a little to get two bars of Wi-Fi if I <laughs> wanted to. But otherwise, for two oh, weeks, man. I was pretty, pretty disconnected. And that kind of inspired me to just spend my time either reading Chuck Palahniuk uh, or pick up my camera and just go for a walk. I would drag my little brother around. We would do whatever or or i just kind of go off on my own and set up a tripod and you know do my self-portrait thing and yeah uh, it was really nice i remember one of the photos that you texted me when you did have connection um was of what was nicknamed bella's office at your your uncle uncle house yeah um actually my grandma's your grandma's house okay that's where it was um and that was like one I really liked the photo itself but just knowing the backstory like that was your office when you were overseas like that's just hysterical but also just kind of cool I think the funniest part of it is the fact that everybody in my family close and like further family that would come by would be like oh oh hey hey hope you don't mind I'm gonna step into your office for a second and use the wi-fi <laughs> and would just reach their hand over the gate um for the wi-fi and you know sit on my little stool <laughs> yeah, a little stool. I love that little stool. Yeah, it was it was great. It was a good time. We had a good laugh. Yeah, it's just it was so cool seeing some of those photos and um like e- even you were showing me some of your photos that you were just taking of your family and uh I was since I don't know the people, I was looking at them just as photos ignoring that they were related to you and like some of the photos that you just made casually were like these are some really fantastic photos and some of the ones that are more casual just like the really fun really like pure genuine photos of like just good times and all that and then the ones that look like they could be used like this could be exhibited if you were to go to the, if you were to do that kind of stuff but i think that it, i think it did definitely impact your photography in my eyes it did 
I think if anything, it almost brought me back to why I love doing what I do because I remember before I started college, I would just take photos for fun all the time, just of people, of my friends. I guess that probably came from the yearbook and how I had to do it. But it like film, film photography is my favorite to just, just do. Like point and shoots, 35 millimeter are my favorite thing ever. I barely have to think about it. I just like capturing little moments, forgetting about them until I get a chance to develop them. Yeah. So. I don't know if you'd like the visuals. You might like the visuals. Um, it's a very iffy project in some people's eyes. Uh, Stephen Shore, the beloved Stephen Shore, who just turned, what, 72 recently? I don't um, know. I don't know. <laughs> You're I the saw, only one who would know I that. saw a bunch of posts about his birthday the other day, which was kind of cool. Happy but he, birthday, Stephen Shore. <laughs> I don't think he's listening to this, but hey, what's good? <laughs> oh, um, my God. There was a project he did in his early 20s, early mid-20s called uh, American Surfaces that was made on a point-and-shoot, just like 35-millimeter cheapo camera. And what he did was he took all those photos and printed little 4 by 6 pharmacy prints and then pre- uh, presented them as a giant long grid on the wall of an exhibition. I want to say it was in the Whitney, but I don't remember. Um, and it, people hated it, but at the same time, it was so cool because it was just that exact thing that similar to like Robert Frank, casual off the cuff kind of stuff, but you know, Stephen Shore's way it was in color and the subject matter was very different from Robert Frank's. But like, I I feel like that would be an interesting project to look at just as an idea, especially since it was made in the same age range that we are now. Um, it's, it's kind of cool looking back at those photographers that are so heavily renowned for their work. And some of their most popular and most like famous work was made in their mid twenties or their early thirties. Yeah, it's kind of cool to think like what we'll see on the walls of galleries, hopefully in the next I don't know decade, ten, twenty years, yeah. whatever it's going to be. Like Alex, Alex Soth isn't isn't that old, and uh, he's had he has this massive catalog of books and projects and all that. Um, he he had a what people labeled as a retrospective, but he would always tell the curators and guests, like, stop calling it a retrospective. I'm way too young to have a retrospective. He's like 46 or something like that. He's like getting salty because he's like, damn, I'm not that old. Come on, guys. Yeah. It's like, what are you calling me old? Mm-hmm. Alex, so if you're old. You just did. Uh, he, uh, he called George Muncie a baby in a video, which is quite funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh, where, where did it go? Oh, no. Uh, so after you came back from, from Poland, um, you uh, very quickly moved to Chicago, um, which is where we're sitting right now. Um, don't get used to these in-person interviews. Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, do you think moving to Chicago has also impacted your work in any way, even if it was like progressing like on top of the Poland experience? like It's just from Poland on, it's kind of like been... A hopefully upward slope when it comes to your work well you already know this but chicago has my entire heart and it's been that way for forever um almost a decade since all of high school and even before that i would start going to shows with my friends nearly weekly go listen to music in some basement and sometimes take some pictures here and there and um I don't know, at some point i just left half of my heart here and when i moved to normal i've always felt that kind of void 
um, that any time I'd come to Chicago, it'd feel like I was actually me. And in the past two or so, two, almost three months that I've been here, I'm just a completely different human being. I'm very happy, very confident, very motivated to just keep kicking ass. I'm just trying to get involved with as much as I can and, you know, save money, pay off school. Um, just, I don't know. Everything's better. That's Yeah, that's something that, like, I think every college student struggles with right after uh, they get out. Um, like I, I struggle with it still. Like I've got a full-time job and everything, but of course, like it's, it's, it's a lot to go through, but I think that you managed to handle it really well because you already knew you set your sights on Chicago. Very, very always, always. I always have. I kind of like to think that the way that you were with, um, setting your sights on Chicago and getting to Chicago was similar to me setting my sights on, like, I'm going to get a job that uses my degree and like that's in my field right off. It's like the same thing, but just different situation. Yeah, I guess I just based mine on location because I kind of came here and for the first month, I didn't do much of anything other than really just hang out. It's kind of cool. It's probably the last time I feel that in a really, really long time, but things just kind of fell into my lap after that and I'm just kind of rolling with it still. Yeah, and like recently, like that whole hanging out thing just kind of as maintained, like outside of work, of course, it's kind of maintained. And like, I've, I've seen how like, you and uh, the Chicago photography crew that you've been involved with that you guys just kind of go out and just kind of shoot casually and shoot come up shit. with ideas, literally and figuratively shoot the <laughs> shit with cameras. Um, get with, yeah. Uh, and I think that's just really fantastic. Like I, I don't get that opportunity where I am at currently. Um, I'm hoping to build that same thing down for me, but that's a, that's a me job. Yeah, it's uh, definitely fun just going out. Just all right, let's just meet up and do the thing. Yeah, and it's just it, do it. it's such a cool thing, and I think that uh, the more the more people, especially college students, do that. Like, it, it, if you're in college for photography and you're trying to work on a project or a series, I think that's probably the best way to start getting ideas instead of sitting down at a desk and like stressing over like I got this project to work on. And then I think that if just keeping it casual, you know. Just like, you know, feeling the vibes. I definitely agree. <laughs> well, we're getting pretty close to the wire here, so I think we're going to be cutting this off. Bella, I want to thank you for putting up with me for nearly an hour. And also uh, the two or three other times we've tried recording yeah, this um, at different occasions. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a quick aside before we go, uh, this is our third attempt recording this. <laughs> Finally um, in person, just said, all right, I'm giving up. Yeah, I made a trip up to Chicago and decided, you know what, I'm going to record some podcasts and we're going to get I'm not sick now, which is nice. Uh, yeah, I'm, I just got like a slightly dry throat, but, you know, <laughs> I'm surviving. Uh, but anyway, uh, just a quick, uh, quick aside before I officially let things go, uh, some housekeeping situation kind of stuff. Um, pretty soon, I'm going to be announcing the people who are involved, who are going to be included in the independent magazine, the zine that I'm working on, uh, which is titled Nothing, Nothing is Interesting and Everything is Normal. It was a submission-based zine uh, that I put up for about a month, and I had uh, over 60 submissions. By the time you guys are hearing this, there was probably like maybe 70 people that submitted. Um, and it's a pretty decent-sized zine. Um, it's got a, a little close to 100 pictures in there. Um, from people that I know personally, people that I don't know. Um, and it's this really cool project. I'm likely going to do a video on it, but 
you guys can check out the the pre-order link to that. Um, by the time you guys are hearing this, it'll be in a pre-order uh, pre-order state. Um, I think. Don't quote me on that. I don't know if Blurb can do that. We're gonna find out. But check it out. Uh, the preview for it will be on my website on uh, jessmoody.com/curatorial, and that will show you the the different things I've curated. It'll be the first thing you see called "Nothing Is Interesting, Everything Is Normal." Uh, you can view all of the work in there from all the different photographers, and it's a fun project, and I hope to do more of that. Um, other than that, I don't think I have any other special announcements. Bella, I want to thank you again. I don't know if you have anything special to say for the You're end. You're welcome. <laughs> thank You're welcome. you. Um, happy I got to be on your first podcast, although we both know I would never let you live it down if I wasn't. Honestly, you know that. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be here next time with the notorious Joey Miller for the next episode of Ready for Mistakes. Thank you guys so much for listening. See ya.